Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. Today is the fifth Sunday after Epiphany, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on Matthew 5. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions? 1. How does God use our weaknesses rather than our strengths to accomplish his work? 2. Why did Paul have such an impact on the people of his time? And three, how does divine enabling come to us? The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until it is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can God take our imperfections and flaws and, like some divine alchemist, turn them into pure gold? In 1982, I applied to college Now, I know many of you are thinking right now, yeah, you young whippersnapper. (laughs) I receive that. Well, I applied to college, and since my high school transcripts had been light on math courses, I was required to take a basic math course to begin a master's program on probationary status. Four years later, I had fought my way across the finish line with a Bachelor's of Arts in Christian Ministries. Then came a poor score on the GRE. I was barely accepted into Denver Seminary. To begin the Master's of Arts in Counseling program, I had to take the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory. Anybody else take that? No, I don't want to get into that. 
Well, when the test was scored, I came out high on the K scale, which is a register of defensiveness. It is an indication of psychopathology. I barely squeaked my way into that program as well. By the end of the program, I faced a comprehensive exam to graduate. I could pass the comprehensives with a score of either a pass plus, a pass, or a pass minus. In my class, all but one student received either a pass plus or a pass. One student squeaked through with a pass minus. Any guess who that might have been? (laughs) You guessed it, me. So let me restate the sentence I began with. Can God take our imperfections and flaws and, like some divine alchemist, turn them into gold? Today I want to talk about how God wants to use your weaknesses and mine even more than your strengths. The Apostle Paul's life is a prime example of this truth. Apart from Jesus Christ, Paul is the quintessential Christian success story. He has had more influence on Christianity than any follower of Christ who has ever lived. His travels and his speeches and his writings have influenced and transformed more lives than anyone else. Half of the New Testament books of the Bible have been attributed to St. Paul. The greatest expansion of the Christian church in the first century can be attributed to Paul's missionary journeys. So how did this one man, a man born Saul of Tarsus, have such a dynamic influence on the church? Well, to explain, let me begin with a bit of a fictitious story of a man who may have lived in the Middle East some 2,000 years ago. My name is Asif. I live in the village of Asos in northwest Asia Minor. I had heard the stories of this man, Paul, how he had traveled throughout the world teaching and persuading and transforming lives. He was a Jew, but his teaching really had little to do with the Jewish religion. He was proclaiming something new. He talked about a Jewish rabbi named Jesus who had somehow died and come back to life. Paul's work had apparently begun in Antioch of Syria, some 800 miles from my village. His stories had finally reached my sleepy little town. I was excited to finally see this dynamic teacher. With all the stories about Paul that I had been about, I had developed an image in my mind of what he must have been like. I had often pictured him standing there speaking with eloquent, flowery words, explaining to the people profound, deep concepts, much like the famous Greek philosophers. In my mind, I saw him standing straight and tall with dark brown skin and curly hair. I heard that he was in the market today. I hurried to catch a glimpse of him. Well, the closer I came, the thicker the crowds grew around me. I could barely hear the sound of someone talking loudly ahead. I angled for a better vantage point. The table off to the left would have to do. I I climbed up, accidentally knocking over a pitcher in the process. And there he was, Paul of Tarsus, 
standing about 40 yards in front of me. I strained to hear his words. As I observed him, I was shocked. Surely this man standing there wasn't the Paul of legend. He was nothing like the image that I had carried in my mind. This man was short and quite plain of face. His hair was a bit scraggly. He walked with a nasty limp as he very ungraciously moved from here to there in fits and starts. This made no sense. How could this unimpressive, broken man be the same dynamic teacher, Paul, whose powerful words had lit the world afire? Well, how indeed? As you and I sit here today, we can easily wonder what it was about Paul that had such a dynamic impact on the people who heard him. And yet the impact of his words and ministry has echoed down through the centuries, still impacting and transforming 21st century lives as well. As a man, Paul was far from impressive to look at or to listen to. He admitted as much himself in today's epistle reading. He wrote these words. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were made not with persuasive words of wisdom. You see, Paul, in many ways, was mediocre at best in voice, tonal quality, and cadence of speech. His physical appearance and self-confidence may have been a bit lacking. And yet, God, the divine alchemist, chose to take the base metal that was Saul of Tarsus, and in his weakness, he transformed it into the Apostle Paul. So how did God accomplish this work? Well, if we can find out what it was that gave Paul such power and influence, we just might find out what it was that can take our weaknesses and brokenness and transform it. Paul wrote this, My speech and my proclamation were made not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. You see, Paul contrasted human wisdom with the Spirit's wisdom, the dynamic quality that had transformed the insecure, crippled Paul into a dynamic force for God was the power of the Spirit of God, the very same Spirit that is still available and moving today to transform our broken, crippled lives, to transform us and transform those that are around us. God, the divine alchemist, desires to take the base metals that comprise our insecurities and by adding the power of the Spirit transformed it into God's confidence. God desires to take our personal weaknesses and transform them into God's strength and power. Paul spoke of this transforming work of alchemy in his second letter to the church in Corinth. He wrote this, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ 
may dwell in me. You see, God wants your weaknesses. Let me say that again. God wants your weaknesses. Your flaws and imperfections are of infinite value to God. Because God's power is made perfect through our weaknesses. God is in the business of choosing the weak things of this world, like you and me, and a man named Saul of Tarsus. Here is what Paul said in the message translation of the Bible. My dear friends, remember what you were when God chose you. The people of this world didn't think that many of you were wise. Only a few of you were in places of power, and not many of you came from important families. But God chose the foolish things of this world to put the wise to shame. He chose the weak things of this world to put the powerful to shame. What the world thinks is worthless, useless, and nothing at all is what God has used to destroy what the world considers important. It is the transforming power of the Holy Spirit of God that does this work in our lives and in our world. But how does this divine enabling come to us? How did it come to Paul? Well, for the Apostle Paul, I would say that it may have started that day of deep shame as he may have reached the lowest point in his life. On that day, Paul, then called Saul, stood by passively, assisting the Jewish mob as they stoned the saintly Stephen to death. From that low point, he headed to Damascus as the religious leader's emissary to root out the Christians and send them bound to Jerusalem. On that dark errand, Paul's transformation, I believe, began. As a Pharisee, he had been full of knowledge and pride and confidence, you could say, full of himself, until, that is, when God appeared to him in a blinding light, knocking him off his steed, Jesus spoke to him in a vision, humbling him. It took a blinding light, a voice, and three days of blindness, solitude, and fasting for Saul to begin the transformation that God desired to work in his life. God prefers to use weakness so that his strength may be revealed. God wants to transform the lives of each of his imperfect children. God does this in many ways. God reveals to us the depths of our brokenness and our imperfections. We encounter suffering and loss. God comes to us in various ways, maybe through the experience at Curcio or the loving support of a friend or the reading of scriptures or the words of a song or an experience out hiking in nature. May your life and faith depend not on your own strength or on what you perceive to be your limitations and weaknesses, but as the apostle said, on the power of God. God is the only consistent alchemist who is always ready to transform our defects into God's glory, our weaknesses into divine power. Amen.
The questions. One, how does God use our weaknesses rather than our strengths to accomplish his work? Two, why did Paul have such an impact on the people of his time? And three, how does divine enabling come to us?